Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking, of course, for the best pirate book ever written. To help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Uh, ahoy, Nick. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's just some pirate material that Ian I just scratched. Just... Uh, he just scratched that off his intro. Yeah. yeah. yeah I did. As a matter of fact, Nick, you know me well. I did. <laughs> Oh, ahoy, Nick. Ahoy, Ian. Ahoy, Nitheads. Nitheads? No. Nitheads. Ahoy, ye, <laughs> ahoy, nitheads. ahoy, ye salty <laughs> dogs. My name is Joe Holshue. Nithead is worse than Lithead. Uh, my name is Joe Holshue. I'm a high school English teacher. And Nick, if you are looking for the best pirate book ever written, I have brought a very good pirate book. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the best. It's pretty good. Um, it is Peter and Wendy by J.M. Barry, the 1911 pirate book starring Peter Pan. And sweet Captain Hand, Captain Hook. That's the pirate part. Gotcha. That's the pirate. Part. It all came together. Nice, yep. Joe. Thank you. Avast, you scurvy <laughs> dogs, landlubbers, a lot of you. Uh-huh. Ian DeYoung be my handle. Me birth is high school English teacher, and the yarn I brought to this here confabulation be Treasure Island, inscribed, transcribed, and sealed by Monsignor Robert Louis Stevenson. Sweet, thanks. <laughs> May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I'm really happy I got him to cross out ahoy. I was yeah, it was gonna be ahoy you scurvy dogs, no, but instead I had to do it avast, which is if you know anything about pirate speak, significantly different. Yeah, it, I think it oh, might be wrong. shit. Is there a pirate day we're supposed to that this should be coming out on? Uh pirate day is Talk September nineteenth. Like is that a Monday? It is my anniversary. <laughs> um I don't know what it is. September nineteenth. Sunday, September nineteenth. Shit. Do you think we can just postpone this? R- yeah, oh. totally. Sure. Nah, let's do a sequel. Oh, Pirates 2. <laughs> Next week, we'll do calendars as a theme. <laughs> so we can all learn how they work. <laughs> What's that, Ian? I was just sneezing. We could totally put this off. I'm, f- I'm completely fine with that. <laughs> all right. cool. Now, what else you guys want to talk about? Are there a lot of pirate books? Um, I would say a What's lot. What's the number? I would uh, 75. Okay. I would, I would, I can get into that yes, maybe when I talk. But um, oh. when I first thought of this, there was like one pirate book that came to mind and it's an amazing pirate book. But um, I, I was like, there's nothing else. Joe can't do this because there's yeah. nothing else. And then obviously there are others, but yeah. So then when we first thought of this, I, uh, Ian took the obvious pirate book and then <laughs> I frantically Googled for pirate books and I was like, oh dang, Peter Pan. I would read that. You found a cheap knock knockoff, like yeah. uh, somebody, but somebody buying a Gucci purse bag that instead of two C's has I don't know three K's or something. Right, it's just like that. Yep, Gucci. Uh, <laughs> exactly. This has been this has been your favorite segment, Litheads. Ian's awesome comparisons, yeah. starring Ian. Do you guys mm-hmm. teach a lot of pirate books? Oh, I sh- I really should. You know what though? Ah, uh, last year. I was trying to find a way to get uh, more authors into the curriculum who were not uh, white dudes. And so um, I found a book. I found a book, um, which was the first piece of literature written in uh, the first piece of British literature by a black person. And it's this guy just telling his story about basically buying his way out of slavery. He was enslaved and he buys his way out. And there's this awesome section of the book, which was hands down my student's favorite part, where he is on a ship and the captain goes crazy and decides to blow up the ship. And so this guy, this main character, has to like hold the captain off at at sword point, at cutlass point, mm-hmm. because the captain has a torch and wants to to blow up the whole ship with the gunpowder. So wow. now, when you say it was your student's favorite part, would they describe it as that, mm. or would they say it was the only good part? Hmm. Uh, no, I would it say it's it, what they think. <laughs> they might say it's one of the few good parts. Ah, uh, um, Joe. Yes. Um, typically, 
um, when we bring things to the show, mm-hmm. it is usually in the form of book or game. Okay. Oh, I, I know where this is going. There's no way you know where this is going. Well, you're about to tell me that I brought a Disney movie, aren't you? No, you brought no. you brought um no. even better uh, peanut butter. No, that's ridiculous. I would never give away my peanut butter. Um, <laughs> Joseph, I come yes. bearing a gift. Oh, for me specifically, for me, it's for you. Oh, and wow, it's a gift that if you don't fuck it up. Oh God. <laughs> I hate this game already. Could be the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, I hate it already. I yeah. feel like I'm going to be asked to like perform in some way in a second. No, you won't be singing or okay. making up pirate junk uh, jargon. Oh, no. I'm so nervous. I think you should bring a segment to this show in which you mm-hmm. pull back the kimono. Mm-hmm. Yep, weird. Vis-a-vis your children's students. Okay. And you you let us know what the kids are, are saying these days. If there's any oh. new jive language that you're hearing in the classroom. Because I just heard one today called... Yep. Oh, shoot. Chachunga? Is it Chunga? Chachunga? Okay. Ch- okay. I'm not familiar with this, but it might be like... It might this be is going great. <laughs> yeah, it might be like a regionalism. Chunga. Chungus. 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 Yeah, big That's chungus. very old. Nick, that's incre- uh, incredibly old. Uh, this might be wrong. Big Chungus? Well, at, so as you figure that out, I when people find out that I teach, a really common first question is, hey, what's the slang? Like, what are kids saying today? And I yes. never could answer that question. So this past year, I started keeping a list of slang on the, in the front of my room. And once every like. Yeah, I, I start. I started keeping it in the front of my room, just on like a card hanging there. And mm-hmm. about once a month, I bring it down, and I'll go through the list with my students, and I'll ask them to add words to it. So I actually keep a formalized list of slang in my room, Nick. The the letheads are thinking that we've somehow planned this, and I just want to underscore that we did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I would. I would love you, to bring up. I, have a you slang come word. prepared? Um, give me a second. I could be prepared. We just need one. Okay. But yeah, and but in the I meantime, while you look for that, Ian, let's name this segment for Joe. He doesn't have to do all the work, does he? Um, I prefer it when he does the majority of the work, but yes, we can definitely name it for him. Um, maybe like um, Slang with Joe or ki- kid Joe's Kids. How about, no, don't say Joe's Kids. That's weird. Um because it sounds like uh, it sounds right, like a, uh, he's a foundation. He's not a foundation. How about how about this? How about this? <laughs> Sling and slang with Mister Shoe. Yeah, that was way better than any of the ones that I came up with. I can't tell. Again, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. But right, we'll right, right. Um, Joe, are you ready to sling slang? All or right, what? guys, I'm back. I I had to think hard, so I took my headphones off because I have no ability to think <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. If there's hard other to rub noise your temples, going on, right? Yeah. What's chungus mean? But I I don't know what chungus means. It sounds sexual. They're they're like wow. half sexual, aren't they? Uh, do you have anything, Joe? Do you remember? Okay. Teach us, Joe. Teach us okay. what the youth are saying. Okay, yeah, I've got. And one. let me set this up just a little bit. Yeah. More here. All right, Litheads. There is a world of language in which these youths are using, and they're just swimming around. Litheads swimming yeah, around in this sea of words. Okay. Right. Okay. So anyway, and so we we need to be prepared. And I want to know what this stuff is, because when they yell it at you across the when you're walking down the street, you want to know, you know, how to react. Are they saying you're cool? Are they saying, mm-hmm. hey, you you have food stains all over the front of your shirt and there's a slang for that? We don't know. So okay. welcome to Sling Slang. Oh, you you named it Sling Slang. I just learned the title because I had my (laughs) headphones off. Sling Slang. (laughs) All right. Okay. um, So I don't, did you guys devise like rules for how this is going to go or no? Hmm. I feel like you should turn this into a a, a question format to us. Oh, okay. Okay. Like you say the word and then we guess what it means. Okay. Fantastic. Um, Now, Joe, you're in charge. Take it away. All right. So Nick, Ian, I've got one for you. Great. Say I'm listening to a song. Fire when ready, Joseph. Oh, like a cannon, like a pirate would. <clears throat> Sorry, go a ahead. vast. 
Sam listening to a song and I say that it slaps. Is that song good or bad? Now let's, let's get some background here. Some oh. slap ground. Yeah. Is this uh, a song that you like? <laughs> well, that's kind of really gives it away, doesn't <laughs> well, it? Okay, I, I, fine. Is it Joe, let's, let's go Depends. to the song really Joe, good. Do you listen mm-hmm. to music? Do, do I listen to music? Um, sometimes. Just what kind of music often. do you listen to? What do you this like? Is, you this to is uh, Joe. He, you know, I don't think he, I don't think any follow up questions are allowed in this new segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Ian, apparently that's uh, Joe. Rules. I think that Nick is just envious because he can't think of any good follow up questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be good. There's no. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds. I awesome. would like to point out if it's that something slapping. Nick said I was in the driver's seat, and then he proceeded to make a lot more rules for this game. <laughs> 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 so, so Nick, you think it's got to be good? Gotta be good. Ian? Well, I, think I generally think that slapping is not a kind thing to do because when my son slaps me, it hurts. So I'm going to say this is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. This is like <sighs> okay, a song you would want to slap too. into the toilet and then flush the toilet. Fantastic. Uh, right. So the correct answer is, is if you say a song slaps, it is universally a good thing. And it's universally acknowledged as a good thing. Like if you mean this song, if you say this song slaps, you are feeling it. Um Songs can slap, music that you like can slap, but other things like clothing or like a good sandwich cannot slap. Like a good a sandwich, good sandwich might, would never slap. No, it would, it would like schmack or it might hit Schmuck. different. Yep. But it would not slap. Your gums might this smack. Is- Joe, do you know what I, I found the word? Do you know what ch- chuggy means? Oh, okay. I actually do know what this means. <laughs> it, it's, it's really new. Like it's like. It came out today. Well, it's no, I, I've known it for a couple of weeks. See, this is why it's what, here. What do you mean it came this is why out it's today? Your bit. That's not how slang works. Yeah, it no, I'm reading today. the New York Times article. It says it was invented today. May 18th. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, like you would describe somebody like, like that girl that you went to high school with that sells like, um, that sells like stuff to her friends over Facebook. She's okay. a little bit chuggy. Oh, like, um, some sort of pyramid scheme where there's like creams involved. Yeah, you, you got it exactly. Or like, <laughs> or like that, um, like that girl. I think it's always girls are described as chuggy. I, I suppose oh. maybe a male. Yeah, I suppose maybe a male could be. But like that girl that you went to high school with that drives like a third row SUV and has like nine kids and wears like massive sunglasses. She's a little bit chuggy. Okay, I'm st- still not Why sure I understand say- the meeting, but it's best to not overthink these things. Just move forward. Why would you say chuggy You're not gonna- when you could just say basic? You're not going to understand, oh. Ian, because saying basic is very chuggy. It's like he's not even listening. <laughs> yeah, Ian, I would like to let you know that as far as I can tell, Nick is just shooting from the hip at this point. <laughs> like a pirate. Um, like usual. Gentlemen, can we please focus here on the yes, task at please. hand, which is um, telling us about your books so I can inevitably- Maybe read them. Mangle them. <laughs> uh, welcome, Litheads, uh, uh, to our weekly, or as we call it, Strongly Podcast. Strongly Podcast. Okay. And um, uh, as as you most certainly know, every week we uh, we bring two books to the show and, and make up a theme to, to leverage them into. And of course, we walk away with a winner. Uh, many losers, but one winner. And uh, that will be either Ian and Joe. Ian or Joe. There you go. No, it'll either be Ian and Joe. <laughs> Or the I just kind of group you <laughs> together in my mind. Um, and so we do have some rules, of course, to keep us on track. Rule number one is, uh, please, gentlemen, omit needless uh, spoilers. No, only unavoidable spoilers. That's it. I, I mixed uh, both uh, rule number you one and number your, two. You mixed your metaphors. I'm just going to keep mixed, rolling mixed, with this. Mixed, uh, mixed. Uh, rule number two, uh, omit needless words, Joe, please. And, and r- words. rule number three, winning isn't everything. It's nope. Winning. Yep. No, nope. you got it. You got it. Damn. You're good. Really shooting from the hip like a pirate yeah. today. Um, winning isn't. No. Winning yes, isn't everything. It's the only thing. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous. Lombardi. It's, it's really a stupid quote from Vince Lombardi. Right. Isn't like it? Vince and Lombardi. Would, like there's family. There's like. Semantics aren't the only semantics. Right. They're the semantics. So winning. I'd like to remind our listeners of the shadow rules as well. Uh, first, how dare you? Second, what gives you the right? And third, where do you get off? Thank you, Ian. Um, so uh, to get this going here, Joe, do you want to take 30 seconds and just tell me quickly what your, your book is about so I can uh, decide who goes first? Fantastic. Nick Peter Pan, 
is a story about three runaways who fall in with a bad crowd. It has orphans, a big old crocodile, natives, fairies, potions, a secret hideout, mermaids, and at the center of all the best scenes, pirates. Including, of course, Captain Hook, the only man that Long John Silver has ever feared. Is that in the book? It's in the book. I'm sorry, Joe, your time is up. Uh, Ian, do you um, do you want to go now? or? Yeah, I think I could, I could probably go. Okay. Um, go ahead and take in, 30. Okay, in Treasure Island, uh, a young man and his friends who are not pirates, they mm. find a treasure map, and they want the treasure. And so they accidentally <laughs> hire, hire a bunch of pirates to help them get the treasure, and the pirates naturally do piratical stuff. There is danger, there is cannons, there is an obsession with cheese, uh, the skull and crossbones, and the result is a book that has significantly shaped how we view pirates today. Uh, What is your pirate's name, Ian? My my pirate's name? Your personal pirate's name, yes. The pirate that rides around on your shoulder. Um, Big Chungus. Or... or Big little Chungus. <laughs> little Chungy. No, I wish he was little Chungus, but I have a disagreement. I'm looking up Chungus. It's just Fat Bugs Bunny. And yeah, I don't it's Bugs know. Bunny. It's, an, it's, a, it's a gaming meme, and it sounds okay. it sounds much more significant than it actually is. Okay. It, which is, it of course, is just Bugs Bunny. We don't have confirmation on if there are, if it's a gaming thing, it probably has racist undertones. Yeah. Litheads, if we are being problematic right now, we really apologize. Yeah. It's out of only ignorance. Since Fat Bugs Bunny, aka Big Chungus, has never been alive, he is therefore able, uh, eligible, one might say, to mm-hmm. endorse this podcast. So <laughs> um, this, folks, you heard yeah. it here first. You don't know Lit. Yeah. Is the favorite podcast of Big Chungus Bugs Bunny. There you go. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a Russian nesting doll situation. So you have small Bugs Bunny, Big Chungus, Huge Chungus, and then Mega Chungus. <laughs> we'll get this up on our social just to just clarify sure, it for everybody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. mm, which one of your books came out first? Nineteen uh, Eleven. I've got. Yeah. Eighteen. 18- 83 holy buckets that's way before i guess that makes sense because like they do actually reference ian's pirate in my book yeah so i would think i would think so all right let's 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 not make any jokes here guys let's build a strong foundation with ian's book and then we'll move into joe's book does that sound like it would be fun yeah it sounds like a good nothing is more fun than historical chronology Mm. (laughs) yep Sorry. One thing is more fun than historical chronology, and that one thing is pronouncing the word chronology correctly. Silly pronunciation. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. It's in his notes. Okay, so am I going first? Uh, yeah. Okay. For chronology. Chronology. We're going to start with a game. <laughs> oh, yes! And this game is oh, called... God. The best, the best title I've come up with, uh, I think, in mm-hmm. the, the whole show okay it's called japirate de facts okay because it's it's jeopardy but i had to put pirate in there and also i have to have facts so japirate de facts yes correct okay that sounds really stupid i'm excited let's do it okay so this game this game is uh on it's modeled on the 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 skeleton of of jeopardy uh one category the category is big fan of the show Yep. Uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, the, the game's Long one category listener. is Treasure Island, and uh, oh, yes. we have we have um, uh, a clue for two hundred, a clue for four hundred, a clue for six hundred, a clue for eight hundred, and a clue for a thousand. Wow. Um, this is a game with a message. Okay, here is the overt message of this game. You're gonna tell get, us. Get it. It is yeah, overt. Get it up front. <laughs> I'm telling it. you the overt message of my game right now, and it is. Basically, you know more about this book than you might believe because everything pirate derives more or less from Treasure Island. Oh, sure. This is like how you would introduce it to a class. It's like you guys already know so much about Treasure Island. Yeah, kind of. Because it's everywhere. Um, okay, so uh, uh, we'll just, um, you can buzz in by saying, Arr. That's oh. how you buzz in. Love it. And Nick, I can already tell that you're not enthusiastic yeah, about this. Yeah, I hate this, that so, so I'm going to insist. I'm gonna insist this is how you do it, and okay. if you don't, if you don't buzz in by saying "r," I will not recognize your buzz. Okay, I knew you were gonna say that, Ian. 
I didn't like it at first, but what, listen to this. I'm going to just flip it. I love it now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hey, people, okay. people overthink the tough decisions. Just flip it. Just pretend. Just do the opposite. Great. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Now I love it. I love it. it. Let's Mindset. Do it. Just flip it. Mindset. Okay. Um, Hashtag Chunkus. Nick, since you're the most recent person to say Big Chungus, you have the board. You <laughs> may choose. To me. All right, I'm going to go for a 1,000. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will read the clue, and then you can buzz in by saying R. Right. This dark, round symbol tells pirates that they're in trouble. This dark round symbol. Should have started with the, the lower one. I feel like, oh, I don't know what it's called. It's like shows up in a book and it's like an omen of death. It's a dot. It's like a black dot on a page. I've seen this in pirate stuff. Um, the mark of the it's gotta be a time limit here on tail, this. the yes. mark of the yeah, tail. I need this in a question format. I'm going to need, a, need oh, an answer. What is, what is, what is the dark mark? I'm sorry. That's oh, not correct. Nick, would you like it. to try? R. Yes, Nick. Um, what is a black X? Oh, so close as well. The correct answer is what is the black spot? Oh, oh that's really frustrating. Spot. Now, is this treasure map situation? Is this a map, a, a thing on a map? No, this is like a hit. Like you give this to somebody that like you're gonna. Oh, kill. the black mark. Yeah, yeah. I've so, heard of this. So if you saw, if you saw the Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Sparrow gets the black spot. Um, it's Jeff. basically like you get the black spot. They're they're coming for your neck, basically. And this is interesting because this um this is a p- piece of pirate lore that Stevenson invented. He came up with this. Um, oh, this did cool. not exist like before him. He was just like, "What's a cool thing to make pirates seem scary?" Black spot. Let's go for it. Okay, Ian. I um, forgot to ask you before this game started. Can the litheads play along? Oh, the litheads. Oh, we would love it if you would play along. Okay, Call in. Sorry. Litheads can call in, Please call and they can Robert. buzz. No, they that's can ridiculous. buzz in from their, that's, their couch. This is, not a call, um, this is not a call-in show, so let's just keep moving. Yep. Nick, you have, Nick, you still have the yep. board. Okay. We are both at negative $1,000. I will keep score. <laughs> Making it impossible. Um, let's go on the other end with 200 No, fuck that. 800 Was that the next option? Let's start you just flip it. You turn it and you flip, flip it. it. Let's flip it again. Okay. All right. This three-named fella is so quintessentially pirate that a fast food fish restaurant bears his sobriquet. Who was that? That was Joe. Joe. Uh, who is Long John Silver? That is correct. Uh, the Long man. John Silver. He's afraid of Captain Hook. <clears throat> that's, that's all I'm going to say. Right. Um, he also is the, the proprietor of this um, mm-hmm. fast food yeah. franchise. Thing. Head right. chef, actually. <laughs> sous chef. He's the sous chef. <laughs> uh, Joe, you have the board, and I'm, you are currently leading at negative 200 excellent. points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take, take Swiss Family Robinson for 600. No. I don't, Wait, no, okay. Treasure Island. That's the book that you yeah, brought. Oh, my That's, goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Treasure Island, 600. Hey, uh, just a heads oh. up, Litheads. Eventually, we will talk about a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, there's there's a limited number of points here. So. Just hang in um, there. As a plot point and the true name of this island, this bony, clattery fellow shows up again and again. Arr. I think that's Nick. That is. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say, what is the skeleton man? Oh, good. <laughs> We'll, we'll allow it. The correct what? answer is what is the skeleton? But yes. So the oh. island is actually named Skeleton Island. We call it Treasure Island because it has treasure on it. But it um, was one of the creepy things. He about invented this book. skeletons? No, Ske- he didn't invent skeletons, but he did this thing where kind of like the pirate is connected to the skeleton. Um, there's this really awesome really? moment in the book where. Um, they're like foraging for some treasure and they come across a skeleton who has been arranged. The corpse has been arranged in such a way that it points toward where the treasure lies. Oh, that's oh, cool. Classic move. That's classic classic move. Love yeah. that Goonies move. written all over. Like it. the last thing he did was point towards the thing oh. he wanted the most. Well, either that, well, either that or he was with the, the Captain, Captain Flint <laughs> and Captain Flint killed him and arranged his body in that way. Oh, mine's better. 
Wow. Well, they're both pretty good. Okay. Right, let's um, just agree Nick, that they're both equally good. Wow. Well. Nick, you're at, you're uh you have the board. You are uh behind negative 400 to negative 200. Excellent. Uh, go ahead. And wh- what are our options left? We have 200, 200 points 200. and 400 points remaining. All right, let's we can do both four. finish with zero. What is 400? Um a pirate's favorite alcoholic beverage. Mix it with water and it becomes grog. Oh, uh, this is Joe. Yes, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be rum. It's got to be it rum. It is rum, but you didn't say it correctly. Oh, uh, what is it's got to be rum? <laughs> <laughs> what is it's got to be? <laughs> uh, yes, it is rum. Um, yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. That's this, that, that, that whole thing came from this book. All right. Um, one more, one more clue on the board. Um, Joe, you have the board. Yeah, I, uh, let's finish the category. Yeah. Perched on a pirate's shoulder, this avian companion speaks Arr. its mind over and what over. What is a pirate? Pig pig what, or a, uh, no, <laughs> a pirate. No. <laughs> what is a uh, uh, um, parrot? Parrot. Yes, correct. Nick, oh. you got it. Um, there's a there's a parrot. Taking I, like, me this this character, lead. Long John Silver. He's like your classic pirate. He has a wooden leg. He has uh, a huge parrot that sits on his shoulder and shouts out pieces of eight, pieces of eight. Um, and the, the parrot is named after a pirate. So it's a whole thing. It's a whole, it's a whole, a whole vibe. A is pirate parrot. Pirate parrot. Yeah, pirate yes. Parrot. Hey, Ian, what's your book about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, so this is a pretty straightforward in terms of plot. Um, they there 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 is a discovery of a pirate map pointing to treasure and then there is a quest to go get that treasure and i think one of the most one of the most cool innovative things about the story is that uh the good guys the the non-pirates um they they want to go get the treasure and so they hire a ship and they they hire a crew and they do a really really bad job picking oh, the crew you because it turns out everybody mm. That they almost everybody that, that that they choose is part of the pirate gang that was trying to get the map in the first place. Wow. Part of the pirate gang that is more or less like hunting for this treasure. So they accidentally like set these pirates up to double cross them, um, and so they they go to the island and there are a bunch of shenanigans. Is this basically the original Expendables? Are they getting um, the crew together? So. Um, yeah, it's. I would say uh, it's very, very little like the Expendable. <laughs> the, the book, the book really kind of sets the bar, I think, for pirate stuff. And having read some other pirate fiction, like I don't know, this is a really, really high bar, a really high mark for swashbuckling fiction. Yeah, um, this is where it all began. Kind of like we talked about Dracula. This is Dracula. Yeah, like I love it. Dracula yeah. was a book that really just sort of set up the genre. Um, a lot, almost every pirate story since Treasure Island has some connection to this book, whether it's being a knockoff like Peter Pan, <laughs> uh, sorry, Wendy, and, or whatever it is, or um, kind of more an implicit connection. Um, this has so much like real history. There are like historical figures here. And there's, and there's obviously some myth in here too that subsequent pirate books are just like working in its shadow. Um, some of the biggest pirate stories that have come out since this book, which I would classify as Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there was a Muppet Treasure Island, which uh, is a triumph of cinematic photography. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like, they directly and explicitly reference it. Uh, one of my favorite bits of Treasure Island trivia is that in uh, the 1930s, um, they built, a, the US government built an artificial island in the San Francisco Bay, and they called it Treasure Island named after the book and they were just like hey we're making an island we get to name it we're gonna call it treasure island it was made for the 1939 world's fair and then uh during world war ii the navy said we want this and so they took it and it belonged to the navy for a while that's that's navy for you classic classic, navy taking islands that they want (laughs) well that's what i'd do if i was in a boat that's also what your (laughs) pirates did right that's true. Um, what was the pirates' objectives? What were the motives? The pirates, Ian? yeah, it's. I mean, they're all about that booty. Got to get yeah. the booty. <laughs> right, right, right. Trying to pirates get that booty, the, the snack. They love that uh. snack. So, um, one of the reasons I like this book, guys, I want to talk about my about my book some t- some more before my time completely runs out with this tomfoolery. 
One of the reasons I like this book is because of its pace. I would say if I had to describe the pace of this book, I would say it gallops. Um, (laughs) It never like Stevenson never really dwells too long in one place. There's a lot of mystery. He ratchets up the tension without kind of making it cheap. Um, Sometimes he switches perspectives. Uh, He leaves things out or keeps things ambiguous. And it all builds to this incredibly satisfying kind of showdown type conclusion. Um, It's like it's, it's an adventure story. And it's reading this. You feel like you're going along on the adventure. I blasted through this in two hours. Like I just, I sat down and read it and it was, it just, it, it, it's riveting. It's so, so good. So I think it, you would be, if you open this up and you're like, I'm going to get more plot and setting than characters, you might be like, I wouldn't be surprised if you did that because that's kind of what adventure stories do. They give you really rollicking stories and maybe less so on the characters. But this book actually has a really surprisingly full cast of characters. Um, there are a bunch of good guys. As I mentioned in my in my 30 seconds, there's the, the young man who finds this map and there are his friends and they are not pirates. They are just like normal people who want to go do some treasure hunting. Um, there's a, there's a sure, doctor like and he us. is... He is businesslike and compassionate, and he's a veteran. He was in a war. Um, there's this guy who's who's called the Squire because he's a squire, and he mm-hmm. is a blast. He's like impulsive and enthusiastic, and he's really good at shooting, but also he can't keep his mouth shut. So um, when they're in the port getting ready to leave, he's like telling everyone we're going for treasure, which is how all the pirates know how to sign up um, on that on that on that ship. Um, we have our main character, kind of the 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 character whose point of view we get throughout, and his name actually is Jim. Um, he's a he's like a teenage <laughs> boy. He's impulsive and he's clever, um, but he has kind of a soft heart. Um, he's human. I would say the best character in this book, though, is the restaurant man himself, sous chef extraordinaire Long John Silver. So I right, think right, right, and his Silver, fish. yeah, he kind of invents the archetype of the lovable scoundrel pilot, a pirate. Sorry. And I think the best example of this is like your Jack Sparrow, who is kind of like the, the hero sort of, of the story, but also like is doing piracy. Right. He's dastardly. Like he's a hero, but he does dastardly deeds. Yeah. So long John silver is charming and smart and funny. He's very well-spoken, but he's also really, really dangerous. He's only loyal to himself. He's kind of like an anti-hero, but he's not like, like, like edgy. He's just like completely looking out for number one. He's not gross. He's not dreadful. Some of the other pirates are really like cruel and vicious. Long John silver is just like looking out for himself and he's got a parrot on his shoulder and a wooden leg. We're kind of rooting for him a bit, and then he murders people, and you're like, oh, Long John, no. Yeah, but then, he's so charming, you're like, ah, ah how do we feel about yeah. you? And even the characters yeah. in the book kind of get on board with this. So, like, Why do they call him Long John? He's <laughs> cold all the time. Has to wear Long Johns, like, always shiver in his timbers. Oh, okay. I heard it was because of he invented the donut. That would be that would be good. It's mostly because he's tall. Huh. Oh, it's like instead of like tall, tall John, they would say long John. Oh, but I do. Long John's I cool do. I am John. glad we got a shiver me timbers in. That's really important part of, of the, the, the lore. Quick follow up. Where yeah. are. Obviously, this takes place on the, uh, the high seas. Yes. Is there a port? Who who are do we do we understand like is this like are they in like uh the the Caribbean? Okay, so or are, are <laughs> they close a, to Jersey? Uh, it, it starts in England. It starts in England. They the okay. there's the, the, our main character uh, Jim. His family has an inn, and this old sea dog, this old uh, old salt, comes and stays with them, and eventually dies. And um, he has the treasure <laughs> map. Um, okay. So like the the whole like setup is in England. They leave from England and there's this wonderful moment in the book where, where Jim is like, uh, I'm not going to tell you where this island is smart. Smart. It's like, it's all, so it's all told from his perspective. It's, it's what we call limited first person, uh, 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 perspective. Um, and he, um, he's like, we didn't get all the treasure on that island. Um, that island uh, involved a lot of murder and killing, and 
misery and danger. And I hate that island now, and I'm not going to tell you where it is. So it's wow. implied to be sort of tropical, like maybe Caribbean, but he doesn't tell you. Uh, and I think it kind of contributes to the timelessness and the the, the beauty of this book. It's just like they go to this, right. and they spend most of the book on the island, and it's just like a great island. It's got like swamps and mountains and skeletons, and it's just like your classic like pirate island land. with treasure bear. It's a classic treasure island. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a classic island full of treasure. Uh, okay, so these these pirates, these anti-heroes, are they... So obviously they're murdering people, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, are they bad? Like, do we know who they're killing? Or is it like, is it meant to be like, yeah, it's fine to kill some people. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they weren't real characters. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, a lot of the people that that Long John Silver kills um, are not real characters. So this is one right. of the ways that Stevenson kind of like keeps us from like turning against this this character. Right, um, right. He's are, just so killing like, NPCs. They're kind of like faceless, exactly. faceless characters. There's, there's, mm-hmm. um, there are like really bad pirates, and and we know they're really bad because they want to kill our main character. They want to kill right. Jim, and they're we don't worse like them. than him. Right. But Long John is Long John Silver is like, uh, hey, Jim, I'll protect you if you protect me. Uh, If we get back to England, um, give evidence that I was a good boy and I wasn't trying to pirate. And Jim's like, well, uh, that would be lying. And Long John Silver's like, I could let them kill you. (laughs) And Jim is like, "Okay, I guess I'm lying for you. So like there are clearly like bad pirates who are like drunks and kind of low and murderous, cruel um, like there's a really, really gripping moment when two pirates are left on board the ship to protect it, to like, to like watch it. They're the, they're the, they're the watch. And, um, Jim kind of like sneaks out to the ship on a little boat and he's going to like try and take over the ship and he climbs up and looks in a window and these guys have gotten drunk and are trying to strangle each other. And they're just oh, like locked in this death grapple, drunken rage at each other. And, that's like that's the whole thing in a nutshell there these guys are lazy they don't have any strategic planning ability they're just like they're just bad and then there's long john who is smart and funny and well-spoken and he's different he's not like other pirates oh he's not like other pirates that's nice some historical fiction gets really invested and here's a literary term or i guess a, a a theory term sort of some historical fiction gets really invested in historiography and historiography is where we sort of zoom out and we do metacognitive reflection on how we're writing our histories. So you've you've heard the the phrase history is written by the victors. Sure. This is a historiographical observation when we say how do our histories get written? Um, whose voices are are prominent? So there's a lot of historical fiction which is really invested in like ooh whose voice are we going to put forward? So the book uh, the Nick that sorry that Joe brought a few weeks ago several weeks ago uh, the Underground Railroad is doing this kind of like historiographical thing. Sure. It's 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 has an overt message. This book, Treasure Island, I think there's great. There's a place for that kind of fiction. It can even be fun, but Treasure Island does not do like deep historical philosophy. It is just like, yeah, this pirate has a wooden leg and a parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, this is a historical <laughs> character you, you may have heard of that. or maybe not. He's cruel and evil. Here's a dude who has a piece of cheese in his snuff box. Here's a mysterious mm-hmm. man on this island who conveniently has ties to the pirates and plays a major part in the book's climax. You just go with it. You just roll with it. And this book yeah, is really it's an adventure. It's an adventure. And you you meet these characters and you, you get to know them and you just you just kind of get swept up. It's like you've been taken captive on the high seas. May I add something to that? I wish you would. Great title. I know. Oh, Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. What's not to like? It's just like right I'm there. In. You I'm in. You don't need to know anything else. It tells you. It tells <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, you this do, book reads itself. <laughs> I should hours, have just come baby. in and said, my book is Treasure Island. Thank you, Your Honor. No question. <laughs> Guilty. Sentence you know, to okay, death. You know what strikes me, though, is like for all the like I've heard of Treasure Island and I'm familiar with it as this thing. I don't think I've ever seen any sort of adaptation of it, though. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Treasure Island movie. I like I vaguely remember Disney having a Treasure Planet movie. I've never seen the Muppets thing. Like, 
But why aren't they remaking this? Is it because like we already have Captain Jack Sparrow, so we don't need Long John Silver? I think there's a million remakes. And don't <laughs> yeah. and don't worry, Joe. I'm sure a real gritty remake is on the works. <laughs> In the real dark movie. There there have been quite a few um Treasure Island like um quick update. There is a movie. That came out on the Sci-Fi Network, starring Eddie Izzard as the pirate. That oh, I am going to Oh my goodness! Which pirate is love he? Long John Silver. He's got to be. Oh my gosh! I'm seeing this now for the first time, and it is <laughs> incredible. Holy cow! Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is in it. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Sutherland? Oh my goodness. Yeah, this this <laughs> movie know. has to be terrible for all those good people to be in it, and we it's, haven't heard of it. <laughs> it's got um, a 6. It got 6.3 on IMDb. So. On IMDb, Joe. So 6.3. Is that that sounds bad? Is that bad? That out, of, bad. out of 10. It's like a 60%. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes now, though. Welcome to the part of our, our literature podcast where we live Google film review scores. <laughs> yeah, where we talk about movies. <laughs> What did it, what else do they say, Ian? <laughs> um, do you guys have any books that sit on your shelf and you say you're going to read it? You say you're going to read it. You say you're going to read it, but you never read it. Y- yeah, this this is a thing, right? Like aspirational book buying. I have uh, starting a business for dummies <laughs> that has been on my shelf. His business is never getting off the ground. You're no, Nick. It's because you know you're not a dummy. I'm not allowed to read it. Yeah, give yourself right. some credit. It's not for S- subconsciously, you. you're saying no. I reject that title. Right. I am not a dummy. I'm a real smart boy. Yeah, sure. I'm good. I'm a big boy now. I'm smart. I have a business now. I own a Fortune 500 company now. Yeah, I'm on Forbes. Dot com. Do you think it'd be possible to open a business and name it a Fortune 500 company, oh, and then just tell people good. you're an owner? You're the owner of a Fortune 500. A company? Fortune 500. Fantastic. Company. Yes, I love that. It's like the bars with the clever name. It's like Plan B or Long the library. John Silver's. Right. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Classic yeah. bars. Um, yes. In answer to your question, I do. I do have. I do have books like that, and it's my greatest shame. And I would love to dust some of them off. <gasps> Pacifically, one. Pacifically. Do you, oh, I thought I thought you were going you to like say, say the one. I, I thought the, I thought you were going to say the book, name of the book that you were going to. There's write. so much dust on it. He can't even. He's, read I, the I've been sorry. I've been busily. I've been busily um, uh, sandblasting dust off of the, the cover <laughs> of this book. It's called Swan's Way. It's the first book of a absolutely ginormous uh, series by a French author named Marcel Proust, and this is one of those. Mm, this is one of those series the, the that everyone says, "Whoa, that's a benchmark for boring." But also, everyone oh. says, "Oh, it's a classic." Got so it. I'm going to read the first. I'm not going to read the whole series because I don't have six months to devote to this. I'm just going to read the first book, which is called Swan's Way. Fantastic. Um, I, too, have brought a classic book that nobody has read. Um, Mine is one that everybody, however, has pretended to read. Uh, Nick, I would like to bring the classic, I'm putting quotes around classic book, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And Lidheads, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking... I've read that. It's totally about like, like hitting the open road and like just feeling life as it comes to you. Litheads, that is not what it's about. And you have not read that book. Um, so prepare Wait, to be what scolded they read? next week. What they read, they? I don't know what they read. They, they thought about, they read the Fear title. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And yes, they you read know. the title and they thought about what that book was probably about is what they did. <laughs> so that is going to be my dusty, dusty books. That's my dusty books. Dusty, dusty books. <laughs> the name's Dusty. Dusty books. <laughs> is he going to make an appearance on on next week's episode? Oh, you know he is. I'm always up for a good literature podcast. <laughs> dusty books here. Dusty, dusty you sound a little bit like Christopher Walken from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> dusty. Joseph. Yes. 
best pirate ever, Captain Hook? Uh, maybe the one of the baddest pirates ever. Um, okay, Nick. I noticed I how you're kind of like tiptoeing around that question. Well, yeah, okay, yes, best pirate ever. I'm going to state it unequivocally because that's how, as we know, arguments are won. Uh, he's definitely <laughs> the best pirate ever, and Long John Silver uh, definitely sucks. Okay, I, I, I too, Nick, brought an adventure book this week. Uh, hmm. My book, like Ian's. Uh, oh, yeah, it's absolutely swashbuckling, especially some... Some moments are more swashbuckling than others. Right, of course. Do you guys have um, like a make-a-wish for yourself? <laughs> what? What? Like, like, like John Cena's um, going to come to your house? Maybe if you explain it a little bit further, Nick, we could, we could answer yeah, more no, effectively. That, that totally is fair. If you were in the make-a-wish program, like what your wish would be? Oh, oh so oh. you want John Cena, to, John Cena to come and sure. give you a hug? I want The Rock to beat up John Cena. Okay. Those and Could are those your final? Is that what you want, Joe? Yeah, like they're definitely pro wrestling related. Okay, like maybe Hulk Hogan gives somebody the atomic leg drop, but because you guys know that like there's other things you can do besides wrestler based things, I'm right? Pretty sure it's all pro wrestlers. All right, so mine would be um, getting getting the full Captain Hook outfit. <laughs> that's yeah. not okay. That's not a make a wish. That's just a gift. Right, like you you could do that. Yeah. No, I don't think you guys understand Make a Wish at all. You guys can wish for anything, and I'm choosing. Are you confusing to- Make a Wish with your Amazon wish list? Because they're not the same thing. <laughs> I done it again. So, like, you want you want the wig, have you want the pencil thin mustache, have you want you the debonair, you want the rakish hat. That outfit that he gets to wear—it's ridiculous. He's, he's the a best fancy part about boy. it is, is that he's like four foot six. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin no, Hoffman, I mean. Yeah, you're you're talking about Dustin Hoffman and of course Hook. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that Captain Hook is canonically four foot six. I think he's kind of tall. Okay. I really hope that. I really hope he is, though. That would be awesome. That would be pretty good. It would really change how you read this book. <laughs> because he him fighting over him, hey, him sword fighting the child suddenly looks a lot different if he's four foot six. <laughs> a lot less like you know abuse, and a lot more like oh nice, they're just having yeah. a good fight. Yeah, seems like a fair fight. Wonder who's gonna win. Um, Joseph. Tell yes. us about Hook. We've seen the movies. We've seen the caricatures and the cartoons. We've seen the graffiti all over the streets. We've seen sure. cars, TV adaptation with Eddie Izzard. Tell us about the source <laughs> material. Tell us about the book. What do we need all to know? Right. Okay, so uh, really short Peter Pan. Peter Pan is kind of what you think it is. A boy shows up. He kidnaps three kids. He, he doesn't really kidnap them. He kind of... In- Tices um, three kids. Oh, that's into worse. Good- <laughs> hey, Joe, <laughs> that's worse. Oh, fine. He convinces three kids that is to worse. run away with him to Neverland. That's wh- um, how do you not hear the words coming out of your mouth? That's way <laughs> worse, even yet. Okay, I never really put the I never really put the um, the dots together, connected the dots, as it were. But now I know why Michael Jackson called his thing Wonderland, Neverland. Well, Neverland. No. But yes, no. Um, no. Nope. Yeah. So. We're going to steer this ship in a different direction. <laughs> well, one of the things about this book that is fun to read, because there is like, it, it's the adventure that you know. Like Peter Pan like goes to Neverland with Wendy and her two brothers. They like, they ally themselves with natives. They fight pirates. There's a crocodile who has swallowed a clock. Like it's, it's pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much the story you know. Okay. One of the things that was pretty enjoyable about it though, or pretty surprising about it is it's a lot darker than you remember like it's yeah like it's always kind of a weird story right like there's this kid that doesn't grow up and there's these other kids that live there that don't grow up and they fight adults but like in this book there's kind of a lot of killing like by these children (laughs) like these children kill people and the pirates kill people and people are kidnapped and i don't know it's it's dark it gets dark it gets dark. I'm going to set aside my con- uh, my conceptions or maybe right. misconceptions. Sure. I'm going to put them in a boo-boo box, and I want you to tell me what this plot is about. Okay. Because I've never actually seen anything Peter Pan related or read it. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so this so. plot is about this. Listen up. Okay. <laughs> We are all ears, Joe. (laughs) I hope you're ready. All right. 
Peter Pan meets a girl named Wendy Darlin, which is just a fantastic name. I would like to Darling, yeah. point out. Yeah, Wendy Darlin. Um, he convinces her and her brothers to go on an adventure with him where they go back to Neverland. In Neverland, there's it's essentially an island that has, as far as I can tell, four groups of people on it. There are the Lost Boys, which are all children who have chosen to come to Neverland so that they never grow up, um, who presumably have been like, uh, boy, I, I, now I don't want to say enticed or captured, um, <laughs> let's say like convinced by Peter mm-hmm. Pan to come here. There are what they call, well, they're Native Americans, basically. They call them all sorts of, you know, 1911 things. Um, there's like a tribe Ooh. of natives that live there. There is a group of pirates uh, that are adults. And hey, Ian, do you get the impression that Joe's just like stepping over some like slightly <laughs> concerning subjects there, right now? There's, you know, like he's I like do. walking through a minefield of um, <laughs> racism and pedophilia. Yeah, that's the worst kind of minefield. It's <laughs> arguably the worst minefield. Yeah. I mean, mines are pretty bad. But yeah, on their racism, own. Like maiming, disfiguring. Joe, yeah. I'm so sorry. Con- no, please you're continue. Fine. The, the final group is the wild carnivorous animals that live on this <laughs> island. And it seems like, like it's obviously a weird assortment of things, but it all starts to make a lot more sense when you realize that Neverland is literally just an island of imagination. Like it is an island where make-believe comes to life. So the reason there's Native Americans and pirates and only like the cool wild animals is because that's what a little kid would like fantasize about. That's like what a little kid would daydream about. That's like, that's the make-believe world of a little kid, like fighting those things and getting in adventures with those things. I have a question for you, Joe. Yes. Um, I've seen the movie, even though I did say I was going to, you know, tuck that away. Um, That's like your own personal minefield. Yeah, that's, Mm. yep. It's kind of like it ends and it was like, was it a dream? Mm, You decide. I hate that. Yeah, no, that's not good. Nobody likes that. Is the book like that? No. uh, In fact, the book has like very real consequences it, like it for has example, a very like wizard of oz vibe you know what i mean like a little yeah, bit like, of like that fairy tale yeah it's like fairyish fantastical dream, fever dream yeah. thing well okay so no it's definitely not a dream and i know that because like the darling children wendy and her two brothers when they disappear to neverland they're gone for like a long time like we see her parents from time to time and they're distraught at having lost their children right like like their children <laughs> they're going are, to counseling <laughs> yeah like her dad to punish himself is living in the dog's cage like it, it like yeah so kind of going to counseling you know like a 1911 <laughs> version of that i guess living in the dog cage so like there are real consequences like this story is supposed to be I mean, like, it's obviously supposed to be fantasy, but, like, the idea is, is this actually happened to the darling children? Cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nick. Wait, I, are you saying this is nonfiction? <laughs> that's, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> First of all, I already talked about like the fairies and the pirates and the secret hideouts and all that stuff. Um, Their dog is their nanny. Like these children, (laughs) these three children are raised by their dog in this book, which I don't want to spend much time on, but I thought was kind of cool. The pirates in this book are like really cool and piratey. They're actually a collection, like because this is the imaginary world of children, they're actually a collection of like all these other pirates from literature, right? So there's like these names that if you were, for example, really steeped in pirate stories in 1911, you would recognize because they are just part of this world and they have the coolest names. So we get like Bill Jukes and Ciso the Italian and Cookson and Gentleman Starkey. Um, At one point, Captain Hook is trying to convince two of the boys to become pirates. And they're like kind of on the fence about it. They're like, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. What would my name be? And Captain Hook is like, we'd call you red-handed Jack. And the kid's like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, like, I, like I'm in. And then the other kid's like, well, wait, what about me? And he says, you're Blackbeard Joe. And the kids are just sold. They're like, that's amazing. Like those are the coolest pirate names. We're going to become pirates. And it's that easy. 
it's that easy. But like, that's, that's like the world that these kids live in. Cause if you're a little boy and you're playing with like, if you're pretending to fight pirates, right. And you're hitting each other with sticks. And then all of a sudden somebody throws out the name red hand, Jack or Blackbeard Joe. Well, that makes it pretty enticing to like pretend to be a pirate, right. To move to the pirate side. So we've, we've checked some things happening off the list but like what's the story yeah so the main plot is neverland really 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 wants a mother like the boys in neverland the (laughs) lost boys yep the lost boys want a mother because they of course like all have been separated from their mother so they don't have anybody to like take care of them they don't have anybody to like darn their socks they don't have anybody to stitch pockets into their pants they don't have anybody to tell them bedtime stories and peter pan has taken to listening outside of the darling's window because he listens to the stories that are told there and he brings them back to neverland and that's how he meets those children i'm really sorry i know it's gonna be be dragging you into the mud Yep, Ian's is this like be one of really those Freudian books where once you put like a Freudian interpretation on it, it makes so much more sense. Well, mm. they do explicitly say they want a mother. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, it represents the mother. It's like, hey, Wendy, we want you to come back to Neverland because girls are 20 times cooler than boys are. And we need somebody to tell us bedtime stories. And we think you'd be really good at that. And she's mm. all about it. She's like, yeah, I, don't think I think that I would be really good at main that. message. <laughs> So the whole point of the story is to find a mom. Well, that happens pretty quick. Like they get Wendy right away. Wendy like serves as their kind of make-believe mother. If She like makes them dinner and puts them to bed and darns their socks and all these things. Uh-huh. Um, but then the pirates find out that the lost boys have a mother and they think this is just like game over. They're like, oh my God, they have a mother. That was their one weakness is they didn't have a mother before. Like we are never going to defeat them now. (laughs) Dang. So then the pirates (laughs) decide to kidnap Wendy for their own mother. Like they decide that they need a mother and it should be Wendy. So let me give you an example of this. Okay. One of Captain Hook, our our main antagonist, he's famous for like his dastardly plans, right? Like he's famous for like the the cunning that he has and he's famous for like his iron hook and his fancy dress and his um, beautiful hair and things like that. Yeah. Those do sound pretty dastardly to me. They do. One of his plans to like, to like one of the plans to, I, I guess like defeat the lost boys is he is going to bake them a cake. Right. Okay, Perfect. You, I mean, that's where I would start. So, so then you would think like, Oh, I he's going to bake him a cake. He's going to poison the cake. Nope. He's not going to poison it. He's just going to bake him the best looking richest, like most decadent cake that he can, because he knows that if the boys find it and they don't have a mother to tell them that they can't eat the whole thing, they're just going to eat the whole thing and it's going to like, it's just going to ruin them. Like it's going to be their undoing eating this huh. whole cake. So his I, dastardly plan, and you say he's famous for these, famous. his dastardly <laughs> plan is inducing a sugar overdose and right. or yes. spoiling their supper. Yeah, you, you got, you got it exactly. So like, huh? But then, of course, Wendy comes in and she's like puts a stop to it. Like she keeps hiding the cake until it, gets sta- until it gets stale yeah, and is no right. longer appetizing. You've done but- it again, Wendy. <laughs> um, I have a question for you, and maybe we're jumping way too far ahead here. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I apologize if I'm throwing you off just the, the linear path. You're fine. Um, is this book good? This book is <laughs> good. <laughs> Asking the hard questions. This- okay. Right. This book is really good. Really, really good. good. Okay. However, I think this book, and as you you two are both parents, I think you should know this. I think this book is meant to be read aloud to your children. And I think it would be best if you had kids that were like, like, okay with murder six seven eight years old. Yeah. And like, (laughs) and like kind of cool with like seeing a pirate get murdered. Um, but like this book is meant to be read aloud. And I think the, I think I'll stop there. Like this book is awesome. I really enjoyed it. It's meant to be read aloud. Ian, what are your thoughts? Do you have any questions? Initial reactions. Talk to me. I don't know. It sounds like okay. Hey, Ian. I, 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 I want to be really Ian, mean. If, Ian. I want to be really mean. Ian. But, Ian. Yeah. Ian. Be nice. Yeah. I'm not going to be. Ian. Mean, don't be man. mean. 
Don't be mean. I mean, I could make a comment on how basically Wendy seems like this this feminine object, which is passed around by the men to, you know. Ian, that's true. I I would have a response to that, but but please go ahead. Yeah, I could comment on that. (laughs) Hey, but instead, (laughs) instead, I'll say like, is it like? Is it asking you, it's it's all about imagination, right? Is it asking Absolutely. you to really buy into that imaginative thing in order for it to work? Like, is this the kind of book that you just have to like, it, it will not, you cannot read it critically. You can't read it like against the grain. It's just like, you you have to do the imaginative work and then it, it works. I, the book is presented by the narrator is a very straightforward story. So all of the fantastical things that happen, like these children flying with fairy dust, right? Like, like, um, like these, you know, pirate fights and things like that. They are, they do not invite examination. No. Like when they say, like when the pirates say, oh no, they have a mother, our cake plan isn't going to work. You are supposed to understand that as devastating. Like this is a devastating blow against the pirates. When like, when they kidnap Wendy, right, and like make all the kids walk the plank, right? Y- you are supposed to understand that, oh, they're making these children walk the plank into like crock infested waters. Like these are the dastardly deeds that these pirates are famous for. Like there are, they're, they're definitely cartoonish, right? Like they aren't like gritty pirates. Like they're like cartoonish and silly, but yes. What's the overt message, Joe? There's gotta be one in this, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, okay. It's actually super heartbreaking. Oh. So Peter Pan doesn't grow up, as we know, right? He invites people to Neverland with him where they can, for a time, not grow up, okay? But then at a certain point, like, people leave Neverland. Like, like the Darling kids go home at a certain point. And depending on the adaptation of this that you've seen, depending on the stage, the staging of this that you've seen, um, like, there's this really heartbreaking moment when Peter comes back like to to see Wendy later in life. Like, and this is Wendy who has promised to never grow up, right? Like, oh, Peter, I'll never grow up. Well, he comes back to see Wendy later in life and Wendy's like 30 years old and she's got like an eight-year-old daughter. She's like <laughs> right? doing her taxes. Yeah, and, and like not only is Wendy 30 years old and like doing her taxes, she really digs being an adult. Like she loved being a kid, but she but she doesn't really have any nostalgia for it, right? But here Peter Pan is like the embodiment of childhood whimsy, the embodiment of childhood adventure. Like, you know, if and, and Wendy, like, she remembers that. Like, she's kind of happy it happened, but it's kind of fading in her memory. Um, but she doesn't really want to go back to it. So that's what happens. What's the message? Is that grown ups okay? Um, I well, I not necessarily. Like, I think in some ways the message is growing up kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> but she's happy to be grown up. Yeah, but here's the thing: all the lost but boys also, be. all the lost boys also leave Neverland, right? And they all like go and get adopted and grow up. And it does this. There's like this one paragraph toward the end where it talks about what the lost boys are up to now, and like. You know, they're like one is a judge and one is like this guy. There's this line where he says, oh, and John, this boy who, you know, killed three pirates aboard the Jolly Roger now is like a tax accountant and doesn't remember how to tell a story. And it's just this crushing line that makes me like it makes me like kind of sad about being an adult, like like this stuff that you lose from childhood. You've done something remarkable here. Uh Uh-huh. You, I think you may have brought our first surprise, or as who should say, secret downer. Oh no! It's yeah, it <laughs> like, is a bit I of mean, a this, secret. This sounds. I'm, I'm digging it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm understanding what you're saying. Like it sounds like this is a book which like ramps you up on the high of fairy dust and yeah. you know, wild animals and and minefields, and then yeah. at the <laughs> end, it's like ah, uh, bad news. Just bears. kidding. Everyone grows yeah. up and childhood won't last forever. And sorry, now you're yeah. a tax accountant. Now you yeah. only do taxes. It's May 17th for the rest of your life. I think in honor of longtime fan, uh, huge fan of our show, uh, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I think uh, I think Joe. I think Peter Peter Pan is going to win this week. Oh, that's um, that's lovely. But I do want to read Ian's book. But Ian, you do <laughs> lose. So, Litheads, if you want to go shiver some timbers and walk some planks and keel haul some folks, head on over uh, to our website, you don't know litpodcast.com, where you can submit a theme or a book or a couple of books. Tell us what to do. You could also do the same thing at our social media, which is at you don't know lit on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We look forward to your doubloons. I have a quote when Captain Hook is fighting Peter Pan. So, Pan, said Hook at last, this is all your doing. I, James Hook, came the stern answer. It's all my doing. Proud and insolent youth, said Hook, prepare to meet thy doom. Stark and sinister man, Peter Pan answered, have at thee. Without more words, they fell to, and for a space, there was no advantage to either blade. Peter was a superb swordsman, and he parried with dazzling rapidity. Ever and anon, he followed up a feint with a lunge that got past his foe's defense. But his shorter reach stood him in ill stead, and he could not drive the steel home. Hook, scarcely his inferior in brilliancy, but not quite so nimble in the wrist play, forced him back by the weight of his onset, hoping suddenly to end it all with a favorite thrust taught to him long ago by barbecue at Rio. But to his astonishment, he found that his thrust turned side and side again, and then he sought to close and give the quietest with his iron hook, which all this time had been pawing the air. But Peter doubled under it, lunging fiercely, pierced him in the ribs, and at the sight of his own blood, whose peculiar color, you remember, was offensive to him, the sword fell from Hook's hand, and he was at Peter's mercy. Now, cried all the boys, but with a magnificent gesture, Peter invited his opponent to pick up his sword. Hook did so instantly but with a tragic feeling that Peter was showing good form. Hitherto, he had thought it was some fiend fighting him, but darker suspicions assailed him now. Pan, who and what art thou? He cried huskily. I am youth. I am joy, Peter answered at a venture. I am a little bird that is broken out of the egg. This, of course, was nonsense, but it was proof to the unhappy hook that Peter did not know in the least who or what he was, which was the very pinnacle of good food. Oh, is Hook, is he adults? Hook's, Hook's adults. Yeah, Hook's in fact, adults. real fun fact, I, the actor who plays Hook in most stage productions also plays Wendy's father. Like, he's like that much. Oh, oh this is the adults. Love it.